there. Welcome to Lost Massachusetts, Season 2. This is Garth in the Lost Beach Shack, somewhere on the rugged coast of Massachusetts. Today, we're going to continue our long story of very, very old Massachusetts that began with Episode 0 of Season 1. Here we talk about the collision of two civilizations, a moment in time that meant survival for one people and the beginning of a long, slow demise of another people. Today, we're going to visit Corn Hill. So sit back and listen to the tale as the ocean breeze blows through the open windows. Hi, thanks for joining us in the second season of Lost Massachusetts. We are going to continue our strange journey into the forgotten past. I can't believe I made myself say Beach Shack in the intro. It's easy to read, but sounds difficult to say when you really think about it. Beach Beach Shack. Beach Shack. Anyway, this is episode one of season two. I know you're thinking, didn't we already hear an episode from season two? Wasn't that the Halloween Haunted House episode? Yes, the Halloween Haunted House episode of season two is episode two. But Halloween is magic, so these things can happen. You're also wondering, where is the last episode of season one? Yes, it's missing. We have a lost episode of Lost Massachusetts. We're still looking for it. It's the third part of our Dogtown epic, and hopefully it will be recovered. Before jumping into the show, I have a postcard from a Lost Massachusetts listener. We welcome postcards from Lost Places. You can find our mailbox on lostmassachusetts.com and send us a card. We will read it on the show. This is from Ryan. Dear Lost Massachusetts, I picked this up on my travels to the Orient searching for exotic spices. I visited a lost place in Xi'an, China, Emperor Qin Shi Huang's tomb of terracotta warriors. I hope you get to visit it one day. Ryan, writing from the Lost Maryland Crab Shack. Thank you, Ryan. And there's a nice picture of all the terracotta warriors on there. I heard that uh, tomb is full of booby traps and that there is a silver nitrate river running through the tomb that will uh, poison the air. It also seems like one of those dramatic scenes from a movie where the statues come to life and attack or something. So I'll pass. Here on Lost Massachusetts, we research the forgotten history and lost places in the state. This includes ghost towns, abandoned settlements, neighborhoods that have been completely transformed in one way or another. There are names and stories all over the state that have vanished from history. The long story of Lost Massachusetts concerns the world that existed before anyone started writing about it. 
People are vaguely aware that the original tribes in Massachusetts were wiped out by European diseases, were violently displaced, forced into new settlements, or sold off huge tracts of ancestral land to the English. Under that, there is a hidden map, a previous world of villages that people still live in, connected by roads that people still use. In passing, we might hear of names like Wessagosset, Soams, Capawack, but what and where were these places and who lived there? This is the map we're going to be looking at, but we have to recreate it from old writings, mostly from European explorers. Why didn't Native Americans have a written language? That's a common question, and there are different answers to this question. One answer is that they did, depending on where in the Americas you're talking about, and a lot of these writings were destroyed on purpose. The second answer may be something that doesn't occur to people. The number of times human writing systems emerged independently is actually pretty small. Our modern alphabet is a copy of a very old written language that was imported and adopted all over Europe, Central Asia, the Middle East, and Africa with local modifications. The number of people who could actually read in ancient times was very small. Ordinary people had no use for it. So native farmers and fishermen on the coast of Cape Cod had as much need for reading and writing in the 17th century as farmers and fishermen on the coast of Ireland had in the 17th century. Human language is prolific. Written language is actually a rare innovation. The third answer is that something that will require more examination which is that there are mysterious etchings all around Massachusetts, on rocks, in various places. And there have been writings in different places that are rumors, maybe misunderstood, and we're going to have to look into that in later episodes. But first, let's hear about some archaic words from the last century. Archaic words from Lost Massachusetts, as found in my double set, The New Century Dictionary, copyright 1927. Quidnunc, Q-U-I-D-N-U-N-C. One who is curious to know everything that passes, a newsmonger, as in, uh, she feared the crowd of village idlers, quidnunks, tattlers, and newsmongers who all day gazed at the Wonder Yacht from Arnold Bennett's The Lion's Share. Now I have to look up and find out what a Wonder Yacht is. Proceeding further, they saw stubble where corn had been grown the same year, and also found a place where a house had lately been, with some planks and a great kettle and heaps of sand newly banked, under which they found several large baskets filled with corn, some in the ear of various colors, 
which was a very goodly sight, they having never seen its like before. This was near the supposed river that they had come to seek. When they reached it, they found it opened up into two arms with a high cliff of sand at the entrance, but more likely to be creeks of salt water than fresh. There was good harborage for the shallop, so they left it to be further explored when she was ready. The time allowed them having expired, they returned to the ship, lest the others should become anxious of their safety. They took part of the corn and buried the rest, and so like the men from Eshel, they carried with them the fruits of the land and showed their brethren, at which the rest were very glad and greatly encouraged. That section of William Bradford's History of Plymouth details the discovery of baskets of corn, a food store of the Nossets found on Cape Cod. This is the famous, yet mostly forgot, Corn Hill, so-called because they found corn there. From the Nossets' perspective, these strangers came in and stole their food. From the Mayflower perspective, they were running out of food on the ship and had not yet found a place to go ashore to build a settlement or hunt. This was their first desperate attempt to find local sources of water and food. At this point, the listener might wonder, why did they sail to an unknown place that turned out to be somewhat desolate with not enough food to sustain themselves? The answer is that they never planned to land on Cape Cod. The Mayflower was way off course. The Pilgrims had a charter for land much further south on the North American coast where there were actually other European settlements nearby and the winter weather wouldn't be as harsh. If you listen to episode zero of season one, we discuss First Encounter, a beach in Eastham, Massachusetts, where passengers of the Mayflower first encountered the Nosset people. The story of Plymouth Plantation concerns interactions with Wampanoags, Patuxets, and other groups. But the group first encountered and skipped over in most historic descriptions were the Nossets. This incident is one that has always been a bit curious to me because of some of the other details, the following in particular. So this again is from Bradford's History of Plymouth. They set forth on the 15th of November being landed by the ship's boat and when they had marched about the space of a mile by the seaside, they espied five or six persons with a dog coming towards them. They were savages, but they fled back into the woods. So when I read that, my brain comes to a full stop, because the Nossets had a dog. Where did they get a dog? Dogs were supposedly one of the many animals like pigs, cows, and horses that were brought on ships and not native to the Americas. This seems to suggest some other kind of previous contact, which is something that's actually documented quite thoroughly. If you listen to episode 25 of season 1, you'll start to learn about New Netherlands, the early Dutch claims of Massachusetts and the areas around it. And this is what I'm getting at. 
there's history that sort of pokes through the curtain of the history that we know, and you have to pull at these threads to really get at the original information. So to address some of this specifically, let's ask the question, well, who were the Nossets? The Cape Cod town of East Ham is one of the oldest English towns in America. Many of the locations in East Ham are called Nosset, and this is the name of the people who lived in the area of Cape Cod. They were a distinct group from the tribe led by Massasoit, who the pilgrims ended up dealing with in Plymouth. While the Nossets were separate from the Wampanoags, they may have been subjects of Massasoit. So what can we know about these people that were so crucial to the first part of this written history, it seemed to slip away. We can know something about them, and we can also know something about their dogs. So it's the end of a, a very warm summer day, and I'm actually here at Corn Hill on Cape Cod. And what is here now? The Corn Hill memorial or monument is technically on private property and I was lucky enough to have been invited uh, by a resident to uh, spend the day here and see the monument <clears throat> and uh, what you will find is that hidden behind a bush um, up a small path is a kind of square block that uh, says Cornhill 1620 and curiously around the actual block which is really obscured people have left certain offerings um, and it's difficult to tell what their intent in their intent was but some of them are corn some of these are corn in different types of food stores that they've left near the memorial site <clears throat> now the um the question here is how did the pilgrims actually come to find this storage of food and they didn't just randomly stumble across a place where people had buried food it was actually a village and it was a village with structures that they assumed was abandoned but it wasn't abandoned it was just left for the winter and the Nossets would live in this village during the hot months near the water which a lot of people like to do because the breeze is great and then in the winter they would move inland they would move to warmer places the pilgrims, uh, to their credit, planned on paying whoever owned this food back, and eventually they did. And uh, in this spot now is a very sort of tight-knit uh, jumble of summer houses, and um, it's full of families and life and uh, it's really quite a vista to uh, to watch the uh, the ocean and the sun and whatnot, um, and uh, it must have been equally as breathtaking as it was back in 1620. This location is actually is in Truro, Massachusetts, which is on the Cape, and um, it's completely across the bay from some of the other 
territories where the pilgrims ended up settling. One important note, Cornhill is one word. At least that's what it says on the memorial stone. Signs and maps may say something different. And now we know it wasn't just a place with some found food, it was a village at the top of that hill. Did this village have a name? Yes. Maybe. Sort of. More uh, a name of the people who lived around Cornhill who were called Pamet. Many of the locations around Truro are still called Pamet. In fact, it's the Pamet River that sort of flows from one side of Cape Cod to the other through Truro. We actually have a fairly good list of Nosset village names on Cape Cod and roughly where they were. These are subjects we will explore in future episodes. Why did the Nossets start firing arrows at the pilgrims before the pilgrims took their corn? Simple answer. Another Englishman, Captain Thomas Hunt, kidnapped over a dozen natives years earlier and sold them into slavery in Europe. This is a very complex and crucial story that involves a legendary, almost superhuman character, and it's too long a story for here right now. After being repaid for the corn, the Nosset allied with the English for years. A new wave of diseases in the 18th century decimated the population, and the remaining Nosset integrated with other groups. While that may not be an exciting ending to this coverage of the Nosset, we are not done discussing them in the long term. Let's address the other mystery, the origins of the Nosset's dogs. While the Nosset had likely been encountering European sailors since the 16th century and could have obtained dogs from them, it seems, unlike cows, horses, and other animals brought from Europe, domesticated dogs were already here. In fact, Native Americans had been domesticating dogs for thousands of years for hunting, security, and companionship. How do we know this? Because archaeologists in Illinois have found 8,000-year-old graves where dogs were buried with their owners. This distinct breed of domestic dog was also decimated by new diseases. I would like to know more about this, but it's not a podcast about dogs. Directions to Cornhill. Cornhill is in Truro, Mass, off of Route 6 between Wellfleet and Provincetown. There is a public beach at Cornhill. Sort of. During the summer, you need a town-issued parking sticker. Good luck. If you go, and it is fantastic, you'll be on the calm bay side. But plan accordingly for a crazy day. Massachusetts beaches are beautiful, but they are devoid of useful things like bathrooms, concessions, lifeguards, and fresh water. You're on your own. The Cornhill Monument is on private property, so unless you have permission, you'll have to settle for the picture in the episode. Enjoy. Thanks for joining us for this hike up Cornhill into the distant past. This is a remembered moment in time and a place we can look forward into what became of Massachusetts. And we can also look backwards to see what it was. 
Next time we will visit a lost place that was lost even at the time it was populated and continues to be phantom geography. Until then, this is Garth in the Lost Beach Shack saying, keep the door closed so the bugs don't get in. Hey, if you like the show for some reason, there are lots of ways you can join the fun or get a hold of us. You can message Lost Mass through the podcast apps on Anchor. There's a voice option. Or you can go to lostmassachusetts.com and subscribe to our blog or use the various methods there to contact us. If you go to lostmassachusetts.com, you can also sign up to get a postcard from a lost place and find out where to send us a lost postcard too. Also go to Lost Massachusetts at uh, Instagram for photos and other details. We will do our best to respond to comments uh, directly uh, as well as within the show. You might hear um, your own comment. That's fun. <laughs>